All right, all right. Well, good morning, Fellowship family. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you guys made it here after the holidays. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm kind of ready for to move on past the holidays and kind of get on to 2019, um, except for the fact that uh, Manny, who came up into the scripture reading, who in addition to being one of my close friends, is also the person I work out with every week. And so I've heard he's got some new workout programs for me for this new year. Isn't that right? So holidays, holidays are done for me, that's for sure. Moving on to 2019. Ugh. Um, but in addition to moving on from the holidays, we actually had something really cool to be able to celebrate that happened here yesterday. We had the first wedding at Avondale East. How about that? So we had Tori and Luke get married, and it's just exciting to be able to have this space be a space that we worship God, that we proclaim the gospel, and we also are able to proclaim that through the gift and the covenant of marriage. And so we are excited to have that not just be our first and definitely not be our last, but to have many more to come. God has blessed us with being a young church. There's lots of kids, there's lots of young people, and so I'm excited for the years to come to see many many more weddings in this church. How, what do you guys think about that? You okay to have more weddings here? Absolutely. So what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into the Word, and we are doing, I'm going to move this back, we're going to do a three-week series on ears to hear. We're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. And the reason we're doing this is we're actually setting the stage for our 10-week series titled Living Hope. So for those of us that went through Rooted, we went through Rooted, we did a 10-week experience and study, and now we're going to be launching into small groups. For those that did that, that is going to be the small group curriculum, Living Hope. It's going to be going over First and Second Peter. And with that, we see a church that is persecuted, and we see a church that, that is in need of hope. And the only way that they're able to make it through, the only way that they're able to receive that hope is to have ears to hear. And so we're going to be looking over these next three weeks at the parable of the sower. We're going to be, com- be comparing the, the bad soils and the three different kinds that are there with the good soil. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the word on the path and the first type of soil. But before I get to that, you know, in, in our culture, we don't like to listen real, real well, right? We like to respond. We like to debate. We like to give our feedback. I guarantee if I pulled up Facebook right now, just on my feed, I'd be able to see all kinds of different responses and dialogues and debates, some of them helpful and constructive, but many of them not helpful and, and honestly kind of destructive. And the media knows this, and our world knows this, and so we have 24-hour news cycles that there's some news, but a lot of it's just analysis and discussion and debate and, you know, talking through the different sides or even in sports. On sports, I mean, there's some, hey, here's who won the game, but a lot of it's, you know, like, who is the greatest basketball player of all time, the GOAT, Right. And so if you uh, were born in a certain era, you would probably say Michael Jordan, right? You've got to love his killer instincts, his competitiveness. But if you were born a little later, you probably have the wrong answer, and you might say, like, LeBron James, right? He's good, but uh, I'm going to stick with Michael. But we have, other, we have other debates. So football, right? It's football season. So we might say, who's the greatest football player of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't even like some of the options. Tom Brady, you know, whatever, Peyton Manning. I'm going to have that debate in 10 years when I can say Pat Mahomes is the greatest football player of all time, right? We're going to clinch it tonight. It's going to be great. But then we have other debates that are a little more serious, right? So then we have some like 
Fox News or CNN or Republican or Democrat or just some of these that kind of just make us tense up and be like, I just don't even want to deal with that, right? But ultimately, when we get down to it, there is only one debate, there's only one question that really matters. And that one question is, what do you do with Jesus? That's the only question that matters. And today in this, in this parable that we're going to go over, there is a call for us to respond to that question. And so we're going to turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 20. It's on page 601 in your Bible. And if you don't know what a parable is, what a parable is, is it's a short story that is able to give a heavenly meaning. And so this is something that Jesus used to share with his disciples and with the crowds and with those around him so that they could understand what he was sharing. And so that's what we have here. We have one of Jesus' parables, the parable of the sower, and there's different types of soil. And so here's what it says. We're talking about the word on the path today. So it says, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. And a very large crowd soon gathered around him, so we got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Okay, I'm going to pause right here before we move on. So first of all, uh, Jesus, when there's this crowd coming up, he gets in a boat, and so he goes away from the shore. First of all, if you are seasick, you are instantly not able to do what Jesus just did. So he's in a boat, and so it's rocking back and forth. And while he's doing that, he's staying focused, and he's sharing the story with them. And as he shares it, he tells them the parable. And the first one is, he scattered seed on the field, and some fell on the footpath. So we live in Kansas, right? So we have some agricultural background. But even if you just have your own land, I don't know about you, but I put down fertilizer every year, put it onto the setting that they tell me to. No idea why, but I just put on that setting and fertilize. But sometimes also, right, you put and you put down grass seed. And while you do that, some of the fertilizer, some of the grass seed, it's going to fall on either the sidewalk or on your driveway or whatever it might be. And you're just like, oh, man. And so either you have to sweep it or you just leave it and let something happen to it. But there will be no grass that's going to grow on that spot. And there's going to be no amount of fertilizer that's going to help it grow. And what it says in the story is that the birds came and ate it. Okay, so now let's move on because that's kind of a depressing part of the story. So in verses 8 through 9, then it says, Still other seed fell on fertile soil. And they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Okay, so we got the the soil that goes on the hardened path. And the hardened path, this is, Jesus speaking to the hardened path field, this is a warning of judgment for those whose hearts are hardened and have rejected God. Okay? So he's giving this warning. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. It's going to go on the hard path, and it's going to get eaten away, and Satan's going to take them out. He's giving this huge warning. But then on the flip side, he shows how the good seed, how it grows 30, 60, 100 times over. And here's this call of anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, something that we need to remember to show a little bit of grace to the crowds that are there Remember that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist at this time. 
right? Like, well, it exists, but not in people's hearts. And so Jesus is the one that has to explain it and interpret to them. And so when he's saying, for those who have ears to hear should listen and understand, he's really saying, hey, listen, I know you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, so I really need you to pay attention to this. I'm going to share it in parables. I'm going to share it in a loving way. I'm going to repeat this story over and over so that you can understand and you can have hope and you can have life. So then what happens in the next part of the story in verse 10? Uh, go on to verse 10. There we go. It says, later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around him, they asked him what the parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they say, what do I do? They will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then we move on to verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And so we have the benefit of hearing Jesus' commentary, right? So again, before we go too critical on the people that are hard-hearted and are critical, not only if you are a follower of Jesus, do you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, but also we have the commentary where Jesus breaks down this story. And as Jesus breaks down the story, we see that the seed that is planted is the gospel. The seed is the gospel. It is the word of God, and that is what is sown. And the sower is Jesus, right? And the types of soil, there's the hard soil. We'll be going over the rocky soil and the thorns. But then the other one that we're talking about today is the good soil. And again, I talked about this with the hardened soil. This is for that warning of judgment for those who are hard, unrepentant, and, and have an unreceptive heart. And the good soil, those are those who they, they hear it, they receive it, and then they apply it in their lives, and that's when you see it multiply. And as we look at this, what's interesting is when you compare the good soil with the hard soil, there's a lot that's the same, but there's dramatic differences. So here's what I mean by that. The, you have the same seed, the same seed, the same gospel is sown on both locations. The same power that is in the gospel is in both locations. And so what that means is, even today, as, I, as I'm sharing, or even as you read the word, like, it's because we have, different, we have different histories, we have different perceptions, we have different lenses from which we hear things and see things, it can be taken differently. So not only is this why it is important to continue to be in God's word, to continue to, to hear the gospel and to receive it, but it's also important to be in community, to be able to say, when I read this, here's, what, here's how I heard it, here's how I processed and allow other people to sharpen you and encourage you and push you towards the truth because Satan, he wants to put lies in our heads. He wants to deceive us. He wants to snatch us and take us away. And so we have the same gospel in both places. We have the same sower in both places. It's not that the sower 
was really strategic in one place and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread it at this certain amount, at this certain angle, at this certain way, and then on the hard soil, I'm just going to do whatever. No, it was the same seed, the same sower, but you get completely different results between the hard soil, which produced no crop, and not just no crop, it was snatched away, and you have the good soil where you see this massive harvest. And so the reality is, is none of us know what type of soil you are in this room. We don't. I don't know what type of soil you are. Only God knows, and you know. And so if you are sitting here and you think, I, I think that might be me, I'm just going to ask that through this time that you allow God to soften your heart. Allow God to, to allow it to come in and for you to receive it, to hear it, to receive it, and then to apply it in your life. But for those of us who would say, yeah, yeah, we're good soil, we're good soil, you don't know as you're casting seed, you don't know if you're casting seed on hard soil or good soil. We don't know. And it is not our job to judge. It is our job to continue to sow and to sow faithfully and all the time. So as um, so I got to develop this message with Brian Trias, who's our family pastor uh, at the Urish campus. And as we were developing this, you know, we looked at this passage, we're like, hard soil, you know, gets eaten, taken away. Can we have another week? This sounds, you know, kind of not, not filled with hope. But as we looked at it, we really said, there, there is hope in this. There is hope in this passage. And so that's what I want to explain with this next analogy that I'm going to give you. So... As you look at scripture, there are some people in the Bible that we would say were hardened and had hard hearts. But one of them remained hard, and we see the consequences. And the other one softened, heard the good news, received it, and applied in his life. And we saw that 30, 60, 100-fold. And those two people are Pharaoh and Paul. So I'm going to start with Pharaoh. So in the Old Testament, when the people of Israel were in slavery in Egypt, and Egypt was the most powerful empire at this time, God called Moses to go to Pharaoh and to declare, let my people go. Moses spoke on behalf of Yahweh to speak to Pharaoh to let his people go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. And to the point that actually God ended up hardening his heart too because he was so closed off to the truth and the gospel and what was, he was being called to. In spite of that, God worked miraculously. Despite of Pharaoh's hard heart, God worked miraculously. He did the plagues. All kinds of devastation happened. Egypt lost so much. The Pharaoh lost his firstborn child. He lost his whole army in the sea. God's people were able to move on. The nations were able to see that there was a true God in Israel. And people, the nations saw, wow, God, the God that allowed this to happen is a God that is powerful. And so in the midst of Pharaoh's hard heart, God still moved. But Pharaoh lost everything. On the flip side, you have Paul. He started out as Saul. And his heart was hardened as well. He would go out and he would persecute the Christians. And he, was a, he held all the different coats while the different scribes and leaders stoned Stephen, who was one of the first deacons in the church. And he just delighted in it. But then he had this experience when he was going up to Damascus 
And in that moment, we see that Jesus stopped him and said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's response was, Lord, who are you? So even in the midst of of that, he knew that the Lord was talking to him. And we see this transformation happen in Saul as he goes into town, as he meets with people, as he hears the gospel, he allows his heart to get transformed. And he helped found the first church that we see that that started in Jerusalem and went to, to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth and Antioch and all these different places because Saul was fertile soil, but he started out as hard soil. So as we look at the story, we see these biblical examples. We see the same seed, God speaking through Moses, let my people go. God speaking on the road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? We see Moses being that sower and Jesus being the speaker, but we see Pharaoh's response hardened, and we see the consequences of that. We see Paul being receptive, and we see the benefits of that today. So as we go through this, the the question that I want us to ask is, who are you? Who are you? So are, are you Pharaoh? Are you in that place where you hear God's voice? You hear God's voice. You, you, you see it in people's lives. You, you're reading about it, and your heart up to this point has been hardened. If that is you, I'm going to ask you to, to just consider, just consider letting that go and receiving the hope and the truth that we see in the gospel. But if you're Paul, if you're Saul that became Paul, then you have the challenge of living this out each and every day. And so as we look at our response, we have two responses. The first one is to repent. So if we are Pharaoh, if we are hard-hearted, we see in Acts 2, verse 38, it says this on page 655. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's that's what it takes. Hear the word. Receive it. Believe it. Apply it in your life. On the third weekend of every month, we, we have baptisms, and we're able to celebrate. And what baptism is, is it's a physical representation of this, of you were once dead in your trespasses and sins. You were once hardened. You were once that path. But now you've been made alive through Christ Jesus, and you're washed clean, and God is going to use you mightily for that growth of 30, 60, 100-fold in that harvest. So if you're hardened, don't leave here today without receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. Come talk with me, talk with Manny, talk with someone that has a lanyard, whatever. We want to talk with you. We want to walk alongside you and help show what that next step looks like to become good soil and a follower of Jesus. But if you are good soil, then we have the opportunity of bearing fruit. In Galatians 5, verses 22, verse 23, it says this on page 703. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So first of all, 
Just because we're, we're good soil doesn't mean like, oh, we're done, we can move on. We are called to continue to bear fruit. Because you see this, this life, it's not about us. It's about glorifying God. It's about helping see other people find and follow Jesus Christ. And so as, we're, as the Holy Spirit is working through us and producing these things, we're able to be that light. We're able to be that good soil. We're able to be that seed that casts to other people. And so if you have people in your life that you are maybe even thinking right now, maybe it's your you and two that you're thinking, I think they're just hard soil. I don't think, I don't think there's any reason why I should keep casting seed. I think I need to move on. Just remember that we don't know. We don't know how God is working in people. We don't know who God is working in. Our call is to bear fruit, and our call is to keep casting seed in people's life. And so as, we, as we've talked about this today, you know, I, I, I am excited to see what God is going to do because God, his message, it is greater and is more powerful than any sin that you and I have done or experienced. So no matter how hard our hearts have been, our, our, the gospel is more powerful than that. It can break through that. No matter where we're at, if we've been a follower of Christ, but maybe our fruit isn't there, the gospel is power enough to work in our weakness because it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit working through us. So as a church, as we have ears to hear, not just this parable, but in the future weeks to come, as we're in our journal, as we're in our small groups, as we have ears to hear, as we receive this good news, as we sharpen one another with this, as we apply this in our lives, we are going to be able to see lives softened. We're going to be able to see fruit grow, and we're going to be able to see transformation. And that is something exciting to be a part of, is that is hope that God has for us. All right, let me pray for us, and then we're going to continue to worship through song. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Father, we thank you so much that you did not give up on us. That even though we are hard soil, even though that we are, we are rocky soil, we are thorny soil, we are difficult apart from you, that you give us hope, you give us life, you allow us to be good soil. So help us all to receive that truth. Help us to, if we are hard soil, help us to be softened. Father, if there's someone in this room right now that needs to trust in you, I pray that they do that. I pray that they surrender their life right now. They say, I'm done fighting. I'm done putting up the walls. I'm done being hard, and I want to surrender my life to you. I pray if there's that person in this room that they do that right now. And for those of us that say, yeah, we've been good soil, but maybe we just haven't been producing that fruit. Father, help us to rely on you, to rely on your spirit, to rely on on your word to continue to develop those fruits of the Spirit. Father, we want to be a place where fruit is abundant, where people can see our good works, where they can see us, and you are glorified through that. So wherever we're at, whether we're Pharaoh, whether we're Paul, help us to live a life that is open to you each and every day. Help us to remain humble, because there's so much that we do not know that you do. You are God. You are in control. And we love you and we thank you for that. And we pray this all in your name. Amen.